Welcome back. Welcome back, guys. Uh, I'm really glad you tuned back in after the last episode. I don't know how that went. This episode's going to be a little bit more <clears throat> of an expansion, um, a little bit of an expansion off the last one, um, but in a in a huge direction. Um, I'm Jen. I'm Jess. And welcome to the Black Sheep Podcast. We are going to be talking about climate change. Dun, dun, dun. And how we solve the problem. <laughs> what problem? <laughs> there, there is never a problem. <clears throat> the climate change hoax. Should we call it that? The glate? No, no, no. We're going to name it after the documentary that kicked it all off for me in 2008. Uh, the Great Global Warming Swindle. Yeah, that was good. 2008. Mm-hmm. Well, the climate crisis um, propaganda has been going since I was in elementary school. Like I was indoctrinated into that from a young age because it's been going since the 70s. <clears throat> the environmental movement. Right. You know, the environmental movement, uh, we should just cite, is wasn't bad. There's a lot of, yeah, you know what? Guess what? You should not be dumping your toxic factory fuel into the Hudson River. You shouldn't be dumping it into Lake Erie, Lake Ontario. All of our all of our waterways in southern Ontario in 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 Ontario in general mm -hmm. are polluted. Mm -hmm. Okay? The environmental movement like every other movement mm -hmm. starts off with good intention yep. and then gets hijacked by radicalists. And so the environmental movement was originally, hey, let's not cut down all of our trees and not replant them. Let's not drain our resources without thinking about, hey, they take 25 to 30 years to regrow. So we better replant as we cut. Hey, that makes sense. Let's not dump toxic fuels into the waterway. That makes sense. You know what this reminds me of? Our conversation around feminism. Because it's a similar playbook mm. around all, anything to do with the environment is encompassed under the same umbrella and so that's why a lot of people can get on board because there is a lot of good and there is some uh, value to yeah. concerns. But then once you, um, but once it becomes all consuming of um, the same, help me out here. Well, it's Marxist. It, it all comes down to a Marxist agenda. Mm -hmm. So they just, they've, they accomplish their task. What do you fight for? Okay, gay rights. It's the same playbook. So you mm -hmm. have gay rights, uh, you get them. All I wanted was to get married, okay? So I'm married, and now, well, that's over, so we better make men women and women men. And, and if you disagree, then you're, you're not part of it, and, and you're radical. So it's every agenda is, is when they hit their peak or when they gain so much momentum and power, that's when these dark entities start attaching themselves, and the whole movement gets completely... Um, taken over infiltrated yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's, it does seem interesting doesn't it that all of these topics are basically written out of the same book because they're all it's one, the same playbook one yes. thing that turns into some big huge thing that it was never meant to be right and you get people emotionally invested and then we'll fight each other um so a disclaimer i'll just start with that again um <laughs> This podcast are from our views and from our life perspective, experience, 
only. From our hearts only. Should I be, should I be this way? Is this the best way to sit? Face me. Face her. Okay, so Jess. Yeah. Why are we having this conversation today? Um, okay, so early, I'll say 2008, um, I start kind of, my online activism career begins on Facebook, and I'm very concerned about the polar bears. I'm very concerned about the environment um, because, like all things, there's truth in it. And I am concerned about. <clears throat> I am how we take out- care of our planet. Yeah, yeah. I, I am an outdoors woman, and I do enjoy and love nature, and I want to take care of the environment. My dad raised us to never litter. Mm-hmm. Like you always picked up litter, even if it wasn't yours. Right. Um, the '80s was the campaign was don't be a litter bug. Right. Remember that? Anyway. Um, so I started my online activism career. I started to get very nervous because I'm buying into this narrative that they're pushing. This is when I'm like waking up to things, but I'm not understanding that everything is, is literally every single movement is a psyop. I'm really not understanding that. So I haven't connected all the dots yet. Right. And my brother um, sits me down and puts on this documentary and it's called The Great Global Warming Swindle. It's a documentary by Martin Durkin. And it was uh, released in 2007. And an hour and 15 minutes later, I feel this immediate sense of relief. That, okay, what I've taken away from this is that... Um, can I just say a few major points that I took away from it? Sure. Okay. It's our podcast. (laughs) I took away from it that climate is controlled by the clouds. The clouds are controlled by cosmic rays. Cosmic rays are controlled by the sun. The sun controls climate. Okay, so that was my biggest takeaway, that all of the things that I think are true are not necessarily true, that there's a lot of misinformation, that the sun drives climate, and climate only means weather. So they, they take a lot of things and they, they, they mis... Uh, Misinterpret yeah, they or mis... They mislabel, they, they certainly misinform. And, and the people that are telling you this that the information that you're getting that's coming from the media is not an expert. So you're taking somebody with a potentially three-year university degree, which is laughable, no offense in my opinion, um, because of what they're taught and who they're taught by. So you're taking somebody that goes to school for a few years and all they're doing is reading, likely, the review of a paper. They're not even reading the paper them itself. So the, then they turn and they take one line out of a 15,000-word paper. They take one sentence, and that's your headline. And it's... Well, because it's eye-catching, right? Like it's... it's it, well, and, and it talked about how in, when, when, when media became digital, it all became about clicks. Mm. So the headline has to 
capture capture the reader and they have to get that click so it it became less about truth and more about clickbait and so these reporters take this one piece of information and they've run with that and it's not even what the paper said and now you have a population of people that are fighting for something that's going to bankrupt them and, and ruin the futures of their children because of fear and scarcity over something that's not real. Well, let me, let me say, climate change is real because every day the climate changes. Every yep. day the weather changes. So can't argue with that. It's a very misleading statement yep. to, to call climate change a problem because that's all that the climate does. It's always changing. Is change. Yep. So, okay, so I took that away from it. I took away that, um, another interesting point was, uh, volcanoes produce more CO2 than all industries, vehicles. Than all industri anything industrial. So like one volcano that erupts. Produces more carbon emissions than all factories so, combined in so the world. even if, even if, even if you got rid of all of the cars, fine, we'll do that. And we'll just have more little kids in Africa mining for your lithium, for your batteries. That's fine. We'll do that. We won't have any more fossil fuels. Um, but if one volcano goes off that year, it's all for nothing. Even if we nothing. humans weren't here, the earth creates so much carbon on its own. But it's also it also um, takes care of itself. Like it also produces more because of that. Yeah. The other thing I learned was that, um, so there's this IPPC, it's a UN body, of course, because the United Nations gets in on anything and it's, you know, it's politically driven, okay? Um, this is where you get into the people that will say that there's 2,500 scientists that have signed on to this um, I think it might be the Paris Accord, but I'm not 100% sure, but 2,500 scientists have all signed on and agree that this is, this is the case, this is the problem, and that we need to address it immediately. And what I learned about that is that um, a number of real scientists uh, have disagreed and have removed themselves from the list or have asked to be removed from the list and they won't, the IPPC won't remove their name off of the list. Now, that reminds me of something. That reminds me of another UN body, the WEF, the World Economic Forum. They've got members like uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is one that I can think of, for example. He's running for president 2024 in the United States. And he was named some kind of a up-and-coming person, okay, of okay. interest. So they, they give this guy the award, okay? So here's how, here's how it happens. This is so easy. And people say, well, he's on the, he's on the WEF list. Here's how simple it is. They, they pick you. We want you. So they give you an award, okay? And then that instantly gets you on their website as the, the recipient of this award, okay? And... Uh, like it's, it's literally that simple. Okay. So this is the same thing. So these people 
agreed to, to maybe review or to be part of this committee. And then once they realize what's going on and what's in the paperwork and what's, what's happening, the scientists then say, no, we don't agree with this. And they try to have their names pulled back and they can't do it. Right. And so the names just stay on. So maybe they've, they've, they've left and the names just still stay on as, as an author. But there's a number of these scientists that will claim that they are not, but they're on the list. Well, and the so, one gentleman had to um, threaten litigation to try to get his name off. Yeah. But they, they refused at the beginning. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that because I have definitely had conversations with people where they say, oh, well, what about the 2,500 scientists? Well, you know what? <laughs> and, and oh, and the other thing about the 2,500 um, is that they say that it's a consensus, but many scientists do not agree. Many of the 2,500, are you ready? Are government, okay, employees of the government, uh, and or reviewers. Reviewers, I was going to say. Yeah. So, so think about that. So that's not a scientist. That's a reviewer. Okay. It's like a fact checker, by the way. And we, and if you know, if you think fact checkers are real, then this is the wrong fucking podcast for you. Okay. Um, but but th- but some of them are government. So guess what? If you work for the government of Canada and you're you have, a fucking climate scientist, your name's fucking going on that list, buddy. That's a conflict of interest. But they may not even have a choice. The government probably just... Oh, yep. For your job. 100%. Right. Absolutely. So the just, numbers are inflated. The numbers just inaccurate. like... Just like COVID. Well, the the one aspect of that, that documentary, we, we rewatched it recently... And um, it actually reminded me a lot of the COVID era because, again, same playbook, Mm -hmm. that they based a lot of the climate scare off modeling. Yes. Do you remember the beginning of COVID? They kept showing the models. Yep. And the models were all based off of worst case scenarios. And, and they were terrifying. Like there's going to be millions of deaths. People are going to, people are going to be falling over and dying, um, which was not true. Right. That's... But do you remember what they said about the models too? That they, they can be easily influenced and adjusted and they can they can weigh in any favor that you want them to. All you have to yeah, do just is create an adjustment. You just create, it's all you created. You write it, it's just, write it. just code. So, I mean, anybody who knows anything about code knows that you you, you basically just write what you want the outcome to be. Like it's, you're, if you're writing a, a computer game, it's very you, know what, you know how to write it because you, you're, you know how you want the game to go. So whatever I'm trying to achieve is how I'm going to write the code. So um, we learned that it, it's all model-based, that there's not a lot of actual real science that can and is being done to show that any of this is actually happening. And in fact, when you look at the models, or I shouldn't say the models, when you look at the real data from um, the last, I mean, actually, there's... There's data that goes back a thousand years, Greenland, more than a thousand years. But yeah, the data shows the weather, the weather patterns and it's no hotter now. It's been hotter in like the 1800s. Yeah, what we know now is that the earth naturally goes through warming and cooling periods. Naturally. Right. And Greenland was um, a thousand years ago. It was hotter than it is today. Yep. There was the little ice age from 1000 AD to just before 1500 AD. And you had the Thames River completely frozen over 
and you had, um, and then, you know, by the 1700s, you have vineyards in London. That's impossible if the Thames River is freezing over. So it just shows that one year the climate could be, you know, you could go through a 20-year period where it's quite cold, and then you could go through a 10, 15-year period where it's like now. Winters are not the same as when I was a kid. They were much, they were much uh, more harsh. Mm-hmm. But in 2010, when I was pregnant with Avalyn, we had one of the worst winters we've had in 50 years. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Right. I think right? we're just going through a naturally warming period. Although it's interesting because they've changed the name. The scare, the, it was global warming. Mm-hmm. And then before that, wasn't it global cooling? Or there was something? No, but they, they ha- we were cooling. That was we the were problem. Cooling. They called it global warming, but the earth was getting colder for oh, a period. Okay. Okay. In the early, um, I think it's the early 2000s, it was colder. It was getting, it was a couple of degrees up, or not, I shouldn't say degrees, that's not true at all, but it was a a percentage up or something. And so it was like, you can't really call it global warming because it's up and it's down. That's what weather does. So they had to change the name. To climate change. To climate change. Which is, of course, what it does. Right. Every day. Yeah. And the earth is always balancing itself out. That's what nature does. Yes. I think being... Moving to the farm and being more immersed in nature, I watch how it balances itself out. That's what it's supposed to do. It's just like... It's designed to do that. Like everything though, right? Yeah. The positive and negative, it has to balance. So it has to. It tries to have... The weather wants to have an equilibrium. So it's always trying to get back into harmony. Mm -hmm. It's always trying to do that. Playing devil's advocate, what about the people that say because there's more people on Mm -hmm. the earth? Okay, population. So we are, the truth is, is that people are creating weather change. They are. We are warming. People are emitting, we are making more carbon dioxide, but here's what people need to understand. Okay. Um, one second, please. Uh, we are changing the climate. Mm. We I can't find it, but I think it's, but what, what you need to understand is that out of all the gases in the atmosphere, okay, um, we are, carbon is 0.054% of the gases. So you have to understand that that's what people do not understand. And even if I'm wrong, and it's point five four percent. It's fine. under one percent. But yeah. it's it's less than a per, it's less than half of a percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think it's point zero five four. But it could be point five four. But either way, okay. Um, what that's what you have to understand is that it's that small. If I made a pie chart, I wouldn't even be able to register what amount of carbon is the atmosphere. Okay, so we have to establish that first. Because I think people are not clear on that. I think people think that this is something that it's all is man. It's man-made. That that that's what the the story has been. The narrative is that the climate change is a result of human man-made uh, fo- um, carbon emissions, and that we are destroying um, the the earth and therefore ourselves as a result mm-hmm. of how we're living. And the earth is forty percent greener today than it was in 1970. 40% greener. So here's the thing. Yes, humans are having an effect on the climate. Yes, we are creating warming, and I'll tell you how, okay? Um, But 
That's not necessarily a bad thing. We thrive in warmer conditions, number one. it's We get a longer growing season. This is amazing for us up in northern where we are, okay, in the north. This mm-hmm. is wonderful for us. Um, there's less uh, uh, environmental impact with heating homes because we spend less money heating homes. So actually burning coal, okay, is one of the ways that we contribute to warm, to warming temperatures, okay? But if we're burning less coal because it's it's just warmer, then that's not a bad thing, okay? Be- so that's, but again, even if we are, it's 0.054 or 0.054, which is what I think it is. Um, okay, so it's still a very, very small percent, okay? Now, quickly on that topic of coal. Everyone's just so convinced that coal is terrible, right? But here's the thing. The United States accounts for 13% of the world's man-made CO2 emissions. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. Now, I don't know the, I should have known this, but I don't, the number for Canada, but I know it's less than six, I'm sure. Okay. Um, 6%. I'm pretty sure. So even if North America finds a way to go carbon neutral by 2050, India and China, who are the two largest contributors, who plan on doing nothing, whatever we do here is completely nullified. It does not matter. And here's the other thing. Carbon stays in the atmosphere for centuries. Centuries. So, even if you reduce your emissions by 2050, they're still there. They're not going anywhere. And guess what happens to them when they sit up there? You know where they go? They accumulate back into the ocean. The ocean sucks them back up and the plants suck it back up. Right. So retards, it's not even bad that it's sitting up there. It's creating greenhouse, warmer greenhouse gases, which makes the earth warmer, which makes it greener, which is better for us. And as far as the ice melting, the ice is always melting. It's always been melting. So the we we just read yesterday um, on our uh, I don't know Apple News on our, a notification on our phone fake we, news we we saw we which we never read because it's anyways the the one headline was about the polar bears and uh, climate change or whatever. And we were actually both reading the article, not knowing the other person was reading it because we, we were doing some research. And anyways, we were both dying laughing because the article is hilarious because they talked about how the one image that they used to drive uh, um, people's uh, emotions for all the global warming was the polar bear, this picture of a polar bear that was kind of mangy you looking. You remember it, skinny and, on the ice sheet. Yeah. Everybody remembers it. Right. And that is the, the headline was something... Um, really graphic around like this is what it looks before it dies or like this is the result of global warming or mm-hmm. something like that this right? is climate change this is global it was global warming at the mm-hmm. time okay and um anyways in, in the article they were saying that um they are realizing that the polar bear is too far from home that it's no longer driving emotion uh, people's emotions to get worried about it that they have to bring it closer to home with the weather to create more uh, fear and so that's why they're also that's why they produce they're they're driving um 
they're using images like a fire burning and and well, not only images. It's why this year there was more arson arrests than there've ever been. Right, the climate fires. Oh, I mean, let's think about that wildfires. They had to make. They have to start making this a reality for people. Right. And if it's not happening in your own backyard, you don't fucking care. True. You don't care. So we have got to get fires burning in all areas of the country. Think about that. They they burned in Western Canada. They burned in Ontario, mm-hmm. and they burned out east. Yep. They burned all over the United States. And they had um, more arsenic we uh, arrests arson there was so many arson arrests this year and they were attributing they would say there was a wild there was a a fire from climate change they would arrest someone for setting a fire and they would never they would never print it they would never retract it and say oh now i'm not going to sit here and tell you that every single wildfire was arson but um that's personally my personal belief is that a majority of them were. My it's interesting beliefs. that there was a trend, though. Yeah. There was a trend. Mm-hmm. So that... You just have to wonder, right? You have to think about that. Yeah. Um, Listen, there's something called forest management, okay? This is what people don't want to talk about. Donald Trump, when the wildfires were happening in 2018, I think, that were really bad, a lot of people died, there was a lot of tragedy. No one's... No one's saying that didn't happen, okay? But what he said and what he what got turned around in the media was he said that California is not managing those areas correctly, okay? Mm-hmm. And what he meant was the Native Americans used to have uh, burns, okay? They would they would kill forests because they needed to because they knew it was risky. They knew that while that because this area is dead, that it's risky for hot times of the year to have brush fires. So the natives would do it themselves. They would have what were called controlled burns. Mm. And they would burn those sites. And guess what happens? Regrowth. Beautiful regrowth. Okay? But the point of that is, is that they would do it themselves in controlled manners so that when wildfire season came, there would be less damage. And Donald Trump was saying, you're not doing that. They did not allocate the resources that they needed to control burn all of those areas. They went against the recommendations, did not do them, and then the wildfires came. So do you see what I'm saying? Mm. People say you're a conspiracy theorist. It's no, they're doing it on purpose. They purposely don't take care of them like they should. They don't manage them like they should so that they can have fires and then they can panic the people and say, see, this is climate change. Nope. This is forest mismanagement. I did not know that. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I know that the eucalyptus tree um, the seed pods only uh, open and germinate under extreme heat, and they need fire to do that. And so mm. the eucalyptus trees also a gen- like can, can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I found that all to be very interesting years ago when I learned that. But um, anyway, the um, all the the climate crisis. Uh, I'm going to say propaganda that is driving a whole new diagnosis 
around uh, climate anxiety. We are actually making people ill from fear. And we're, we're creating a diagnosis over this. Yes. This is, this Mostly, is crazy. And children. Like, think about children. the poor kids. Like, we're making children sick by cre- yeah. instilling fear at a young age that the mm-hmm. world that they've been born into is is dying. Now, do you know about the doctor in BC that, um, that diagnosed the first person in history, the death uh, from climate change? Do you know about that? Okay. So that happened in, I'm going to say, 20... 21, 2020, 2019. And I'm going to tell you the circumstances and you're going to fucking shit. Okay. Old woman, older woman, 70 years old, suffered from heart failure and I think type 2 diabetes. Okay. Lived in a caravan without air conditioning. And it was the middle of the summer, a heat wave. And he diagnosed her with climate change. That was the cause of death. 2021. 2021. But they don't tell you, I don't think in the article, that she had type 2 diabetes and was in heart failure. And was living in a... And living in a caravan. And probably took the job. Oh, yeah. Probably vaccinated too. P.S. Well, that's, that is the same playbook again. The same playbook with um, the hospitals um, testing during COVID era mm. um, that you go in for a broken leg and they're mm. going to test you and, and or if you go in for a car accident and you yeah. you die and but you're you've been tested for COVID and they'll call they'll say yeah. died with COVID. Yeah, even though they knew that the testing wasn't accurate, they knew they were running the cycles too high. But if you can get the uh, numbers. Um, swayed in a certain direction or mm-hmm. you can sway public opinion and you get the the intense headlines that grabs people's attention and then now you have emotional investment from the public yep um and then when you get emotional investment from the public you get a movement mm-hmm. that's how movements start yep but that it's just another way that we create division amongst us problem reaction solution you got it yep I want to correct, I am, I want to say that I am correct. It is 0.054%. Think about that. Like, fucking think about that. Use that analogy, the car analogy. Okay, so that's like, um, there's something wrong with my car, okay? The engine, it's the engine. It's probably the engine, okay? But... On my back passenger tire, one of five of my lug nuts is loose. And I'm going to focus on the one lug nut that's loose. And that's what I'm going to focus all of my energy and attention on to solve the problem of the broken car is I'm going to focus on that one lug nut. So we've got a thousand other things that we can do to focus on the environment. Replanting trees. Um, regenerative farming, water cleanup, like turn, right. I mean, one thing in general that I can think of that would be so important is to be able to take salt water and turn it into drinking water. Like I've lived in, in the Caribbean where water is hard to fucking come by, really hard to come by. And it's everywhere around you. I thought I saw, I, 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 it's been done. It's been done. 
But why isn't that being invested? Because it's, it's, they all end up dead. They all end up, anybody who makes a water car, anybody who does anything that puts them at jeopardy, in jeopardy, ends up- Free energy. Dead, or they pay them a zillion dollars to get the fuck out of here. Shut the fuck up. It's mine now. Get out of here. Okay. When my whole <laughs> life I had, I definitely grew up with climate, um, like fear. When like, I first, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, well, like I was, I was a huge environmentalist all my life. Like I remember working for a job that they didn't, they didn't recycle at this building. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I put out recycling bins and took the recycling home and, and sorted everything myself. And for like a huge organization. Um, I've always been an avid recycler. I'm like, this is the one way that we can look after our land. This but is that just... that makes sense though. But that, yes, because that makes absolute sense. In 2025, London's garbage facility is going to be full. The landfill's full and they're looking for another place to bury garbage. Even though we said, hey... Can we do chickens? Because chickens, guess what they do? They reduce waste by the tons. Like, tons. And, oh no. We no, hardly no, no, put no. out any garbage because of chickens. Yeah, we don't... We no food waste. Or like even like a green recycling, like a recycling program. Like, th- these are just like, these should just be basic things that we as a society should be investing our municipality money into, not, right? Not taxing carbon. You guys, are you hearing this? Point zero zero. It's not. Sorry, we're not addressing that. Point zero five four. Yeah. This is crazy. You're taxing me and bankrupting me because, uh, and you want to, because of point zero five four percent of the gas. But the the liberals' political platform is around carbon emission, like taxing yeah. higher taxes for everybody, higher taxes for everybody. To, uh, to disincentivize large corporations, large businesses from producing uh, carbon emissions. Okay, even though here, I'll, I'll tell you the best carbon emissions story ever you ever heard in your life, okay? Okay, so carbon's bad. We don't, sorry, coal's bad. We don't burn coal, right? Fuck coal. We're too good for that shit. So instead, we mine coal here in Canada, which means fossil fuels, guys, so big fucking heavy machinery going into land, destroying the land, digging up coal with all of our diesel machines, fossil fuels. Then we put all that coal onto a ships that run on diesel fuel. And those ships go to China, drop off the fucking coal. So guess what they do with it? So then they use our coal to manufacture for us green fucking energy. So then in their factories powered by coal, they make our windmills because our guys, our blue collar guys here in Canada aren't fucking building them. They're building them in China. Okay. They're building our solar panels in China and then they're shipping them back on ships that run on fuel and then we're better than everybody else because we have solar power that was made in China from coal that was brought to you by Canada. How how backwards is that? It's, that's so backwards. And, and we all can't afford to buy food and, because yeah. of this system. Yeah, because, because we're we're, we're, doing. we're emitting too much carbon. Yeah, because we drive a gas vehicle. Yeah, gas powered vehicle. Yeah. 
I used to like I was um I wanted a Tesla. I know because yeah. I was mortified. Yeah, and then when I did my research on <laughs> the mining for the cobalt for a Tesla, mm-hmm. how horrific yeah. that is yeah. for the environment compared to gas. Yeah, I was mind blown, and that really woke me up to the environment. Yeah. The the fear around the environmental crisis that's happening. I think we are as humans. We're we're also. I think we're also responsible for what we were buying into and um, paying for um, a smartphone that, you know, like we can't be, per- we're not perfect. We're, we're, dis- we're, we've been brought up in systems that hold us into this dependency of this cycle that um, creates more waste and, and, mm-hmm. and all that we can do is um, not, not um, participate in it as much as possible. Yeah. And, you know, regenerative farming has taught us so much around how everything does work in harmony. And when we, um, I use the wood ash from our fireplace, I create a bird bath with that, or I'll put that back into the garden as compost and it just regenerates the land. And if, you know, like everything works in harmony here on on the farm, um, and that's how we contribute. But the, the amount of incentives for, uh, regenerative farming practices, zero, nothing, can't even get trees people you think that this fucking government gives a shit about the environment i've got 10 acres that i would have just forested and i said i'll make this a forest that's what right we that's what we need i'll make this a forest you think there's you think there's oh one million trees oh look at all these one million tree programs where where do they go where's the one million trees go because i can't get one not one single fucking tree I've been mm-hmm. on a waiting list from Upper Thames for almost two years and haven't heard one word. Or even just um, farming, like like growing our own food. Nothing. Incentives around that. Nothing. Even Big for food. lesbians, even for lesbos. <laughs> Big food industry, Nothing. though, there's no, there's no incentives for uh, programs of learning to grow your own food. Nope. You imagine if, every, if we focused more on eating um, in our own season and eating food from our own country. Can you imagine if the government incentivized um, personal gardens by saying, okay, we're going to give every household $1,000 towards a home garden. Think about that. $1,000 towards a home garden instead of all these fucking rebates with your own money that they carbon (laughs) tax credits that they get right yeah but i'm just saying though think of the incentives there's no incentive to do anything for yourself but to switch to smart technology sure which holds you dependent on the grid yep 100 percent. that's backwards yep they they will incentivize programs that keep you dependent yeah that's it that's what we've learned through this whole process and through our research it's all around keeping you dependent to the systems not victims keeping you a victim and being dependent yeah yeah and anything too independent they've got a kibosh that's why you know you see them trying to get everybody out of farming now that now that people are awakening and everybody wants to be on a farm they're trying to like hell to fucking get everybody into the city pushing hard and fast Mm -hmm. speaking of those we could talk about the um the agenda we could talk about that might be a good time to go into the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals. Sure. Okay. I'm going to read... Um, I'm going to read these 17 goals. And then... Um, well, I'm going to read the most important six first. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so partnerships for the goals. So that's like really important. So they've got to have partners in all this, right? So that means you got to get all the industry, you got to get all the governments, you've got to get everybody on board. Um, okay, so no poverty. Hmm. Sounds good. Sounds great. Zero hunger. Hmm. That sounds, sounds great. even better. Good health and well-being. Okay, like that. Quality education. Sure. Not indoctrination though, right? Education? Okay. Uh, gender, e <laughs> gender equality. Oh. Sounds great. Hmm. And clean water and sanitation. Okay. So those are the, those are the most important. Okay. And then we have affordable and clean energy. Are the, do they even go hand in hand? That's a great question. I don't think those two question. things go together, but okay. Um, Depends on the country. Mm-hmm. Decent work and economic growth. Hmm. Decent work and economic growth. What does that growth. mean? What does that mean? See how, see how they, they, they get you on the first few that you, you start, you see a pattern yet? I'm on board with the first few and then things start to get... Um, Just like any movement, it, it's all under the same umbrella where some things are good and I'll, I'll buy into some of these, but then wait a minute. If the whole movement is about all the things then and I want to not be part of all of the things, yeah. I am... Radical. I'm radical. I'm... A, a righty. Right, right. You're, well, you're, you're a, Trump a climate supporter. denier. You're a Trump if, supporter. You're, you're, you're racist, you're a bigot, you're whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, industry, innovation, and infrastructure. Okay. Reduced inequalities. That's vague. Sustainable cities and communities. Ooh, mm. I'm starting to get Is that the, the 15 minute. <laughs> I'm starting to get weird feelings in my body. I'm starting to get some Sounds more like red control. Flags. Oh, here we go. Responsible consumption and production. This sounds like the Hunger Games. Sounds like Marxism to me. Mm -hmm. um, climate action. I don't know how that wasn't one of the top six. Like that seems... <laughs> yeah, I'm, surprised. I'm surprised that that wasn't... <laughs> if it's such an urgent issue, why right? isn't that... Yo, this one's... This next one's interesting. You're going to think this is interesting. Number 14. Life below water. Yeah. I wonder what that... Life below water. Interesting. It's going to... It's got to be like fishing industry. It's got to mm. be something to do with... It must be with the fishing yeah. industry. Um, okay. Uh, oh, life on Mars. land. <laughs> it should be Mars. Life on land. What does that mean? It's very vague. It sounds very vague to me. Um, <laughs> peace, justice... And strong institutions. Institutions. Mm -hmm. Strong institutions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so the Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, are a universal call to action to create a more fair, just, and equitable world. In 2015, all member states of the United Nations adopted the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. So... I remember in the G7. When was the G7? Do you remember that? It was in Toronto. The G6 or G7, and it was... Uh, that feels recent. 2011 or 12, maybe 13. Any, anyway, I remember uh, that was the leading up to, to signing on to this. And this is why... Canada will... 
host the G7 in 2025. Oh, wow. Canada last held the presidency of the G7 in oh, shit, 2019. Oh, shit, I'm going to holds the presidency in 2023. And Italy will hold it in 2024. Okay, well, there was one in Toronto in, like, 20... I know it was after I moved to Meadow Ridge, so it had to be 2011, 12, or 13. 14? Um, well, it might have been G7. I might, I might Anyways, what was your... Anyways, the point was, is that I can remember the protest about... It was about this, about Agenda 2030. Mm. And my point is, it was around when Trudeau was... Elected? Being... Or... Being groomed as our next... Oh. Okay, because I don't think that the conservatives... Uh, I think that... And okay. Hmm. The climate agreement, yeah. So that was, yeah, okay. So, um, anyway, my point was it was just everybody was starting to, people were starting to talk about this. Right. In a not fair, in a not fair manner. And I was one of them. Because I was talking to uh, my friend about it, uh, who's in policing. Like anybody who is challenging was being spoken so my, poorly. My, my friend that was in policing, I remember uh, this is before she woke up and I called her and I said like, they're arresting people. They're treating them like dogs. Like this is crazy. These are Canadian citizens. That are peacefully protesting? That are p- peacefully protesting this uh, um, G7, whatever, G6, G7, I don't know, whatever the fuck it was. It was 11, 12, 13, something like that. And she was not agreeing with me. She was uh, not agreeing with me at all. You know, if your friends were there, too fucking bad. They shouldn't have fucking been there. Yeah, blah, I blah, remember blah. that. Yeah. Okay. So they arrested and threw them into these. It was terrible. It was awful. Um, and now this person sees things differently, and it's amazing. And we have. It's just so fun to see how you know people start seeing things all of a sudden. But I think. You know, that was an eye-opening event for a lot of people, but that's when things started to rapidly change. This 2015, this agreement, this was a really big deal because this is when when the governments got on board, things really started shifting because you have to agree, after 2015, things have just been off the fucking rails. Right. And people don't understand what's going on, but the fact of the matter is you guys have to understand that universities and governments are now so connected they're just so connected with funding Mm -hmm. and the private institutions that can that fund these universities so if you don't get on board anybody who's an elitist is part of these there's all these uh um academics that are on these boards Okay. For the World Economic Forum the that World are Economic in Forum the universities. In the UN. Yes. And so yep. those are the bigwigs at the universities. Fall in fucking line or you're not getting your tenure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if, and if you're not in a place of tenure, you just won't get rehired. It's that simple. People just, I think people started to understand it a little bit in COVID with the mandates. Because I think at the beginning, not everybody really wanted to do vaccines. I don't think that they... 
thought that, well, I know, because when we were talking about it with people saying that they were going to be mandated, people thought we were crazy. And if they did, I'm not doing it. And, and how many people fell in line? A lot of you guys fell in line. Okay. So I'm just saying that it's, again, the same fucking playbook. Fall in line with your way of thinking. Climate change is real. What we say is happening. It is as important as we say it is. And if you say otherwise, you'll be ostracized. Think about that uh, Bram, Dr. From Bram, 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 Sorry, sorry, homie. Appreciate all the work you did. I can't say your name. And nobody, oh, I love him. Nobody ever can. Every time I hear that guy talk, they always fuck his name up. But he was completely ostracized at Guelph. Like they destroyed that guy. He was locked out of his lab for like, a year and a half. He was a professor. They of... all bullied him. They all made fun of him. They all destroyed him publicly because he went against the narrative. And this is a guy whose his whole job is virology. Like that's his life. And this was um, colleagues that were harassing him. Colleagues. Colleagues. Other university professors. Like how crazy is that? And the denial of the scientific method because you're pushing a certain narrative. And if you speak out against that narrative, you're deemed, you're name called. This is bullying. It's mm -hmm. bullying and it's gaslighting. You know, but you said something really important there about the scientific method. And we didn't really touch on that. But, you know, that's happening here with this climate issue. Is that most of this is driven by what you said, by modeling. And there's not a lot of climate science going on that's actually showing this data. They don't have clear, concise evidence that shows, like Greta Thunberg said in 2015, that in 2025, uh, the, the water level would be, I can't remember, but something to do with the water level, we were doomed. Guess what, homie? Nothing's fucking changed. Things have come and gone and we were still okay. If, if you didn't know that, um, if you didn't watch the news, would you have known that there was a pandemic? If you, if you didn't watch the news, no. would you know that the climate was in crisis? No. No. And here's the other thing. I, I just put this together. 2015 is, that, is when these goals come out. Okay? In Europe? Okay. That's the year that Greta Thunberg came out. And that's the year that she started the school climate for strike. Look it up. That's fine. I know I'm right. It's fine. Um, what was, sorry, what was the connection you said? Okay. So the connection is she's connected to the UN, obviously, right? We know that, okay? She's connected to the United Nations. In 2015, that's when they release and all of these, everyone has to sign on, okay? But we don't care still, okay? Canada's signed on and agreed to this, but no one cares. Citizen-wise, mm -hmm. we don't really care. We need something to grip us. Mm -hmm. We need something to emotionally attach to. To get you invested. So 2015, Greta, little Greta, little autistic Greta comes out. Striking, breaking the law in Sweden by skipping school, okay? But what you don't know is... 2018. 2018. Okay. So what you don't know about that is that um, you don't know who her parents are. Her mom's 100% Illuminati. Um, that might have got... That might have spooked some people, but 100% Illuminati. Her dad, he's an interesting character as well. He now writes... Oddly enough, he's taken up writing about climate. So that's interesting. Um, but that whole thing with her in 2018, striking for climate, again, 
People need some, we can't use the polar bear anymore. The polar bear is not working. It's too far away. And we need to get the children. We need to have the children attach, especially there's so many kids with autism now because of vaccine injuries that those kids uh, are obsessive, right? Autistic kids are obsessive with things. So a lot of autistic kids are attached to either gender queer theory or they're environmental activists because they need that... They, they, they attach to and obsess over something. So she actually, a company actually was hired to promote her. This is not random, okay? The, the first article, I, I watched a, a mini doc last night on what happened. And it's this guy that walks by her and sees it sees her striking and takes a picture and he and you got to see who he tags he tags Al Gore he oh coincidentally um the guy that took the picture that owned the company was on a board with Al Gore so it's it's all tied together was okay? that was that when we watched the video of her um, getting arrested, but then we watched the footage of how, like they they actually video. We we watched the video of. Um, it was amazing. It was it was all set up. So it shows the news view, okay, and she, you know, and then it shows rewind, and then it shows someone else's camera view from behind the scenes, and she's chit chatting with the cops and standing there having a good time, and everyone's laughing, and then they say, okay, we're gonna get going, and she goes. Okay, how do I stand? And the cops go to grab her and, well, we want you like this. And she's laughing. Oh, okay, like this. And then they say action. And then, you know, they start walking away with her. And then her face goes. That was the exact, it was exactly the same during COVID when all the uh, presidents, prime ministers were together at the, mm. the big conferences. Yep. And behind the scenes, they're all shaking hands and yep. having drinks together and hanging out. And then they go, oh, cameras are on, stand, you know, six feet apart and we'll put on your mask for... So good. Here's the show. Yep. And who said um, it's not what, um, it's not what people see, it's, or it's what, um, it's what they believe. It's, um, mm. what's that quote? You know what I mean? Um, it's what they... It doesn't matter what they know, only what they believe. I don't know. Oh, it'll come to me. Hmm. It's not It's not important what they... Ah, it'll come it's back to me. what you look at that matters is what you see? No, that's still not it. Maybe it was off the Hunger Games because I watched it recently, so it's on my mind. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. Anyways... Okay, well, can we get back to, maybe we'll get back to this. What, where are we at for time? Oh, we're an hour. Jeez, I feel like we haven't even started yet. Um, okay, well. Um, well, I haven't even gone over. Can we take 10 more minutes? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Because I want to talk about. What do you guys think? I, want, I think it should be an hour and a half each episode. Personally, I don't like episodes. I don't listen to podcasts if they're less than an hour because it's not worth my time. I can't get enough information in an hour. I need more. I know, but not everybody is outside listening to podcasts while they work. Well, they should be. People are just like listening to catching me. up on their commute to work. Well, you should just be <laughs> listening to me all the time. Um, I want to talk about uh, Ju- Judith Schwartz. She's a journalist and, and an author. And she was on um, Wise Traditions podcast recently. And her book is How Cows Will Save the Planet. How mm. Cows Save the Planet. And this links back this whole climate crisis and this push and we're seeing this on mainstream 
TV with the cooking, the cooking with cannabis show we were watching. Oh my God. And we watched how woke this, <laughs> this woke uh, agenda is pushing um, into the food industry with eating bugs and uh, beyond meat. So fake food, eating fake food. Um, and eating the mealworms, which are, we won't eat those. Our chickens do though. Um, but they were cooking with it as a, f- um, a way to talk about um, saving the planet on, on this cooking show for cooking with weed. It was so gross. Anyways. Let me tell you that the guests did not. They didn't like it. They were not They happy. were not impressed. They were not happy. Um, but this whole push for um, saving the planet under the guise of climate crisis is that the, the future of food is eating bugs. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and not eating cows because cows burping or farting burping burping methane methane mm-hmm. is a huge contributor to the carbon emissions and it is it is a factor like that I'm not gonna lie like it is like methane is a gas that does <clears throat> that is it is problematic but from what I understand it's more it's it's less from cows and it's more when it's uh don't don't correct me if i'm wrong but i believe during the fracking process if there's leaks like fracking is actually not like it's got it's they give it a really bad rap i don't believe that fracking is bad i believe that if you're fracking um consciously and you're making sure that you don't have leaks in your lines i actually think that fracking is is quite a good way to get energy to get gas i i really truly believe that natural gas is a wonderful wonderful fuel and and resource and we should not be demonizing it um but everything should be done with care well the the cow that burps is because it's digesting yes and the, the same think of this from the nature perspective that the digestion is the breaking down mm-hmm. right it's the decomposing which is the same thing that Leaves that fall from the trees do the exact same thing. They emit mm-hmm. the same thing. Yes. They emit carbon too. Yeah. But that's also what regenerates the land, what goes into the soil, which feeds the soil, which would turn creates more plants, mm-hmm. which feeds everybody. Mm-hmm. We like just watching how much our cow feeds and nourishes the soil, feeds the chickens, the soil, the chickens scratch the manure into the ground. Our garden is flourishing. Mm -hmm. Our garden is on the pasture where tons of herd animals have lived. And our garden is fucking thriving every year because we use the manure, we use the chicken fertilizer. And the giant monocrops, they spray manure. Okay, for all the vegans, for anybody- If you're lucky. If you're lucky. But here's for, because we were plant-based, we were vegan for a little bit. And um, because we thought, well, we want to do it. We don't want to hurt no, any animals. it's because I was brainwashed by Jen's hotness and I just wanted to make her happy because I knew better. I didn't. <laughs> I was very much a huge you were so environmentalist. Woke. I was very, yeah, I was so woke. And my um, push for eating like Beyond Meat, which completely disrupt my hormones, um, but and made me fat yeah they didn't do us any just no no good for our health um but all the for anybody who's eating plant-based or vegan and you're eating a ton of um store-bought vegetables store-bought uh grains um wheat all that kind of stuff even just your flour um that's all mass-produced 
monocrop produced um, with cow manure, with manure, mm-hmm. with herd animals, because they are what fertilize your food. Yeah. You need them. Yeah. This, the, there, there's such yeah. a disconnection. I think this mm-hmm. is, I think, you know what? Being um, on the farm and learning how everything works, the biodiversity of the ecosystem, everything works in harmony together. We learn that by becoming immersed in it and, and connected to nature. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are in the cities that are just absorbing information constantly, but aren't doing, aren't using their mm-hmm. hands to create their own yeah. food and such are very much disconnected from how it all works. We need to simplify. It's not, see, the, the, see all this that I read? They make it all so fucking complicated and it's just to control because they, they, they need to have their hands in everything and they want they want eyes on every single thing, okay? But it's so simple. It ju- You just need to get back to, look, I don't think that agriculture is bad, but I think that most of our, for I'll just say dairy because I know a lot about it. I think our dairy system is broken, okay? I think that having farms with thousands of dairy cattle um, is not the answer. I don't. I don't think that that's the answer. I think that we need to get back to small farming, community farming. You need, you know, a farm here, we could feed 30 to 50 people on our farm alone. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then you need another farm over there that can Mm -hmm. feed those 30 to 50 people. And you, you know what, guess what, retards, now you don't have transportation. Now you're not fucking spending all that money to truck food from Peru. You want to talk about climate change, but where do you, you're eating bananas in fucking January. Yep. I mean, I love bananas, but I mean, I can wait until the summer. It, It just think about that though, right? Like this is what we're doing. This is what you're doing. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't mean that we can't have oranges anymore. It doesn't mean that. It just means that we've got to get back to... Having some conscious consumption. Yes. And 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 and, and doing, if, if everybody could do 30 to 50% of their own, it's really not that much. 30 to 50% would be having a small backyard garden and canning and doing, you know, trying to get your tomatoes and your beans kind of thing and take away take away that so that you're not buying frozen you know corn and peas and we're not designed to be eating all that stuff anyways we're designed to be eating seasonally we're designed to be eating food that we grow like that's local um and we're designed to also be eating more fermented things in the winter Mm -hmm. so it's and more meat and more meat so it's I think we're we've we've gone so far in one direction that people. I think the biggest issue is that we're just very much disconnected. Mm-hmm. We are nature ourselves, right? Human means in Latin, um, uh, earthy, earthy, yeah. Like your your body is the earth, your blood, mm-hmm. water, right, right. Your lungs, your breath, air, mm-hmm. and your spirit is fire. It's that igniting of that spirit. A spark, yeah, passion, right? So we make up the elements ourselves, right? Hmm. And so I firmly believe that the earth will heal when we heal ourselves. And part of healing ourselves is connecting back to nature and knowing that we are mm. nature. We are, and so nature is divinely dis- yeah, so perfect and it heals itself mm-hmm. and it regenerates itself. 
you know, um, I've just did this essay on connecting the benefits of connecting with nature. Mm -hmm. And right. I mean, you guys would be fascinated to learn some of the the statistics that we heard that we heard. It was crazy. Um, Around mental health. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I just paused at the perfect time. Um, Yeah, it was uh, just 20 to maybe 40 percent more. Um, ADHD and 40% less time outside. So it just, the two are like connected, just huge connections. And um, uh, I was pretty shocked to hear about the percentage of kids that don't, how much time they're spending, the correlation between kids with mental health issues and TV and video games versus um, the kids that were living kind of either in the country or being raised outside. Right. The correlation between kids that are not, that are in nature and mental health issues are like, I don't want to say non-existent, but they're very low versus the kids that are inside on video games and watching TV all the time. It's just astronomical, the connection. Yeah, it's interesting. Like literally nature cures you. It does. It's like going out and breathing your biome, like when Abby's sick or when we have any anything stuck in our lungs. I'm like, I'm going outside and breathing in the outdoors first to mm-hmm. help clear it. Mm-hmm. Breathe in my biome. Yeah. But yeah. no, stay inside. Yeah. No, no artificial light. Right. Don't open the windows. Don't have right. any fresh air. Right. Take all the drugs. Right. So anyways, the, the, this whole this whole episode, and we didn't even touch on like half the stuff that we had um, researched, um, but from our own perspective of being uh, environmentalists and attending protests and um, being um, uh, caught up in the crisis narrative um, to now learning that I have... Um, all the means to live and take care of the earth, but um, the responsibilities within me. Mm. Yeah. That's actually a really good way to put it. People have to understand that, that it's within all of us and mm-hmm. all of our responsibilities when you are walking mm-hmm. through a forest to pick up a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going to do more plastic, I should say, if it's paper, leave it, it'll decompose. But um, that's more than what a carbon tax is going to do. Like 100%. That that plastic bottle makes its way into the river system and it's game over, right? But you growing your own vegetable garden, think about we're starting to pull away from the big food industry. Transportation. Right. And transportation does factor into, uh, to climate. Huge. I I shouldn't say climate. Well, I mean, one volcano, one volcano erupting. Well, I know, but but out of the number, out of the 13% that the United States, I think 6% of that's transportation Hmm. or something like that. So it is, it does, it does factor into it if if you're, if you're taking that into account, but I mean, it's so stupid to take it into account. It's just like a speck of nothing, people. So we've got to have people that hear this. We've got to get this message out. We've got to have you tell your kids to watch this documentary to challenge their teachers, okay? Or just go outside and pay attention. Well, sure, but we can't have a generation of kids thinking that there's nothing to live for, that the world's ending. And a majority of people right now truly believe that. And it's scary. Well, I lived the majority of my life thinking that way and, and believing that. 
And it wasn't until recently when I started, when we started farming really is when I really learned how it all works. And I was like, they lied. (laughs) Wow. Like I woke up to so much and then you know what happened? Oh, my anxiety went down. I was no longer stressed. I was no longer worried. I have so much faith and trust in nature. What, what, what worries me is the government. I don't worry about a a catastrophic event. Mm -mm. I worry about the government and the controls and the blocking the sun blocking the sun yes that's what i worry about Mm -hmm. that is truly um but i just want i just really want people to understand that there's no need to panic there's no need for your children to be scared Mm -hmm. and um gosh just do what you can to 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 have conversations about this with people because we really do need to have conversations with, about about this because people are really convinced. People are really convinced that this is real, that 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 there's something catastrophic brewing. And people, this is just climate. This is just normal. This is just weather and pattern. This is not this is if the same playbook is happening, this one's just a longer one. This one's from our own childhood. But if the same playbook has been playing out, this is you can watch for the patterns of how um, anybody who challenges the narrative is ostracized, demonized, deplatformed, whether they're talking out about gender, mm-hmm. talking out about Black Lives Matter, talking out about COVID, talking out about climate change. Anybody who's ready, who's willing to risk any uh, public uh, scrutiny. Mm-hmm has something that they have to wonder what they're speaking truth mm-hmm. because they're, they're willing to risk everything, everything. Look, all the scientists, all the doctors who spoke out about COVID mm-hmm. and have that are still getting, look at all the therapists, everybody that's still getting fucking. Yep. Like it's still going on. Still people. going on. I hate to break it to you, but COVID you think it's over. But for those of us that had some fucking balls and ethics, it ain't over. We're still fucking dealing with it. So many professionals are still dealing with um, any complaints. But you have to wonder if you're willing to hold your integrity and speak your truth, there's something worth hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're just a, just a follower, it's easy to see right through you. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, nature is perfect. Nature is divinely perfect. And abundant. And abundant. And there's nothing to fear but fear itself. The end. Boom.